Well, howdy there, Mark. Well, good morning, Johnny. How are you, buddy? I am. Uh, I'm doing okay, man. I've I've just been doing life, living life, living that that like European life, I guess. Uh, how, how have you been? How has the holiday season been treating you so far? Oh, you know, man, it's been a holiday season. Yeah? Yeah, you know, ups, downs. Okay. Well, I got, no, I was going to say, I got to tell you, like, I'm really stoked. So really, okay. really stoked. Um, I've, So we're looking around town, and one of the cool things about living, I guess, in, in Germany is they still do the old-timey, I'm going to spread up a paper flyer on the wall of something with, like, plaster glue whenever something really cool is coming to town. Like, you see the same poster six times down the, the same little alleyway and all that sort of shit. And so, like, mm-hmm. I'm constantly seeing stuff advertised the old-fashioned way, and what cooler thing to see than rock concerts, right? Ooh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've discovered that I think one of my favorite things about living in Europe is there is a lot of cool shit that comes over here. Like, I don't have to deal with, with like, low, dumpy-tier bands. Like, they're advertising the Scorpions and, like, all sorts of really cool shit that are all coming over to, to Germany. Cool. You guys are all doing these big international tours. Only cool bands, like, that are legit have the money to do that. And I got to tell you, man, I got really stoked because I've been looking at this one for the last couple of weeks. And I think my lady has seen me looking at it because I'm pretty sure it's what I'm going to get for Christmas from it's, Ooh, okay. it's It's this, like, indie punk band that's got about 20 people that follow them. No, no, I just, I'm totally contradicting myself. I just said that these types of bands don't get to go on international tours. <laughs> for some reason, this band does. Like, 20 people follow them. They're very, like, press punk, all this sort of stuff. I mean, dude, their best song is about a fun center. Like, their most famous song is about a fun center. Like, really? family okay. fun center. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's this really tiny, cool, badass band called Kane and the Stubborn Stains. Uh, but I think this this dude has gotten oh. bigger because he gets his full name in it now. It's the Stubborn Stains and Kane Scredeberg. I'm like, oh, this is so badass. Like they're they're retooling a little bit, but like decent decent enough stuff. But I don't know. So I I think I'm gonna get tickets to see this. And my I guess my question to you, Mark, is if I go and see this band, do I get them to sign something? Do I get them to pimp something? Like I'm definitely gonna be able to go and talk to them. What do I what do I say to right. these guys? I mean, I would say, I don't know if you guys know this, but you're named after, like, the greatest, you know, garage punk acoustic band in all of Arlen. And if they do know that, then that's really cool, because, yeah, of course, you hope they do. But if they don't know that, then I would say they should, you should tell them to go check out the Dangle podcast. Hey, that's right. Hey, maybe they can paintball me while they're on stage. <laughs> Seems wildly inappropriate, or not like inappropriate, unsafe. Just like you got a paintball gun, you're just like into the crowd. I, uh, you know, they. I guess, I guess, I probably wouldn't be able to do that here in Germany. But we'll go, we'll go back to the states, and they can paintball me there. You can flash guns at concerts all the time there. Mark, welcome to the Dangle <laughs> Podcast. We're getting political already. Oh no, I was thinking like Onyx, you know, like throw your gun in the air and wave it like you just don't care. Um <laughs> Yeah, welcome back to the Dangle Podcast. This here weekly King of the Hill podcast where I mark and my good buddy Johnny 
we take two episodes of that beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows. We see if it still holds up. We see if we can maybe rewrite the reboot better, and then we slap it with our patented rating system. And, um, Johnny, well, what is this, T-minus six episodes, I think? Let's... Something close, man. Let's go, man. Ooh, you hurt my my heart with that, but time must drag on like the asshole that it is. Uh, Wow, I don't want to talk about dragging assholes. I do want to talk about episode 245, Master of Puppets, written by Blake McCormick. And Mark, what is that dragon asshole written for us lately? (laughs) So, I am torn between two images of a dog called Time scooting its ass across white carpet <laughs> or 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 a dragon with a big poppin dragon bussy <laughs> he's a slut slut dragon <laughs> at any rate um, the answer to your question I think because my brain went to bad places. You might remember Blake McCormick from such episodes as Bill Bulk and the Body Buddies, uh, yes. untitled Blake McCormick project. Fuck you. <laughs> and it came from the garage, the one about the bat. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah. The Dracula Five Thousand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay okay so blake mccormick like i talked some mad McCormick. shit about your episode yeah as i said talk bad shit about your episode naming skills but i really do like most of the shit you do um master of puppets has a cast of characters that include hank peggy bobby hill dale gribble bill dotrieve boom Hauer, joseph and nancy gribble Kahneman, supanusapone megalomart employee kurt eric and kane Skredberg. Um, real quick, Kane Skredeberg is in here, but technically he's not in here. I do not think it's the same model. At least if it is, I didn't notice it. Uh, the, the singer in the band sequence is very much not Kane Skredeberg and his tiny little rat tail. Um, <laughs> but somebody cared enough to bring back a character from season one from, uh, Johnny's number one, very first blue flame of valor to be precise. Yeah, um, that's right. So that makes me really, really happy. And our pseudo guest star new voice actor this week is uh, the character of Kurt, voiced by Mitchell Musso. Mark, do you happen to know who Mitchell Musso is? I, I do not know. Mitchell Musso apparently is the one dude character that's not like a parent figure for Hannah Montana. He's like the one okay. male character in the show that's actually her age. He's in almost every episode in the movie, a bunch of other shit. I don't, I've never, I can probably say I've never seen a single episode of Hannah Montana, but I hawked a lot of their shit when I was in high school because I worked at Chuck E. Cheese and half the stuff on their prize counter was Hannah Montana. So. <laughs> oh, man. I've seen a lot of her. A lot. Uh, synopsis for this week's episode. Bobby pits Hank and Peggy against each other, and Dale emulates a TV personality. That is putting it lightly. <laughs> our A story is Bobby, Hank, and Peggy, and it is very much overshadowed by our B story that is Dale. Mark, we, we gotta, gotta get into some notes here. I've been talking and talking and talking. What do you got for me? Nah, man, you're good. My notes are thusly. Um, so I just see on the subreddit, like, 
they weirdly predict our episodes. Like, they will come out the week after you and I record and discuss a thing. And it's kind of weird, because I always want to be like, hey, man, we talked about this, but I saw this one pop up um, last week when we should have recorded it, and it was like, man, fuck Bobby in this episode. And I was like, yeah, I remember this episode. Fuck Bobby <laughs> in this episode. And then I watched this episode, and I'm like, huh, okay, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um... Okay, so you can either steal from me, or you can just let me, or you can pass and let me take the retro reference of Bear Grylls and or Les Stroud. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely Bear Grylls in my mind because I have no idea who Les Stroud is, but I did not have that he's as a, a retro survivor rage man. because. Oh, he's, okay, he's, so he's literally the guy that says survivor man. That's right. I forgot there was so two he. Of them. So there were there were two of them. There was Bear Grylls who had. So Bear Grylls is essentially Dale Gribble, who is in Bear no Grylls real danger at all. With the yeah, he had drinks his own piss and he had a film crew versus Les Stroud, who literally had a camera and like his buck knife, and that was it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I see. I just like Buck. Like like Les Stroud was like actually the existing. real guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But they were both so um, popular at this time. I, I want to say I don't see that as a retro rage, but I also did just watch an episode of uh, American Dad that's probably 10 fucking years old at this point where they literally mention Bear Grylls as a character. It's the Amazing Grace <laughs> one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and to be clear, I like them both. I I, I like them both. Oh, yeah. I think there's entertainment to be had in both. It's, oh, you absolutely. know, whatever. I, guys, I would much rather you binge that and have that on 24-7 than fucking Pawn Stars, let me tell you. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, no, go for it. Yeah. Okay. If you want to throw them in the Now, which one rage, of the Pawn Stars it. do you want to see drink their own pee more, Chumley or the old man? Uh, The oldest of the old men that I'm pretty sure is dead now. Is he dead? I think he might be. I honestly I think you're know. right. I think he died like a year ago or two years ago. I don't know. Guys, if you guys are Pawn Stars fanatics, Pawnians, if you will, not to be conflicted. Uh, he he died June 25th, 2018. So, no, it was not last Ooh. year. <laughs> wow, we're going on All six right. years now almost. Oh, man, moving on. Johnny, what's the last date you went on, buddy? Ooh. Fuck, don't call me out like that, because that's going to make me sound like a terrible husband that I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> um, does it count as a date if I took her to the, the Christmas market? Like, she and I planned to go to the Christmas market together? Oh, yeah, totally. No, I, I'm just talking about, like, you guys left the house, you went and did a thing that you didn't need to spend money on, but you still went and did a thing together as two people. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. No, like, we made it a very much, uh, like, a plan together to go and spend time together in Cologne, like, three days ago. So... Like, okay. yeah, three days ago. Yeah, it was solid. We went, hey, we're not going to have a chance to do this because most of this shit's going to be shut down because uh, it's the end of the season. Let's go in and spend some time and spend the day in Cologne and go and do some cool shit. So we did. Went to the chocolate nice. factory, went and got some hot chocolate and Baileys, which, fuck, dude, let me tell you, greatest goddamn invention ever when you're outside freezing your balls off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. So, like, three days ago. I think I, I did pretty good. I know you're pretty good about that with your lady too, right? Like you, you, uh, you're pretty, pretty on top of it. Like if it's not once a week, then it's at least once every two weeks. I mean, yeah, we try and go somewhere like every other week. Um, and the last thing we were in Albuquerque, like, I don't know, three weeks ago. And we went to yeah. their, um, the, the zoo and biopark had like a, uh, parade of lights deal. 
Or, you okay. know, like the big light, the Christmas light display. So we went to that, and that was... Yeah, 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 That yeah. was really that was really neat, yeah. But no, I try to be... I don't know. I don't want her to get bored oh, with yeah. me, so we try and do cool <laughs> shit. Alamosa sucks, like... So it's hard to no, get out you, and do things. Because that's the other part of it, too, is like, hey, baby, you want to go out tonight? Oh, boy, do we get to go to the brewery or to the other place? It's kind of a brewery, but not really good. Wait, which one isn't good? <laughs> both of them. And then we laugh. Yeah. Both of them? No, you, as I say, you and your lady, are, you're always doing something cool. Like, you're always going somewhere up in the mountains. Like, shit, you go, you go up in the mountains way more than I ever fucking did when I lived there. So you get, you get fucking props for that. Um, say what we will about Blake McCormick. He still maintains like ideas and tropes. And you know how we talked about like how, um, Gamma Lobo and May have been here since like season two or whatever. And like, they have the old memories of the past. Well, so does McCormick. I don't know if he's been here since the beginning. We should probably go back and look at that. But like just the idea of bringing back Kane Skredderberg to the fun center, but then also we're back to non, we're not, we're back to real fake restaurants in Arlen. We're going to go to yeah. Pasta Garden tonight. We all know what we're talking about. We all know what we're referencing and elbow nudging with the free breadsticks and salad. They, they literally use the same font on the outside, like, tableau. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And But you know what? <laughs> I will take that over them pitching Olive Garden. Because remember when they plugged for Olive Garden and I got so butthurt about it? Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, it's in my pros, buddy. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I took a ton of notes here. I we no, maybe we need good. to record every other week. We need to record one more and then not record for two weeks at a time because I feel like we're more attentive. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> speaking of paying attention to things, the games that I noticed, the board games were proper Topoly, which I assume is their parallel import of Monopoly, and yep. Boggle. Boggle, get out of my notes now because Boggle is in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> and then um the the arcade games at the Fun Center Mar X Rangers which I assume is the sequel game to the Chuck Norris Head Kicker game it has to be because well so they're in the cabinet there's a still sh- screen of a white dude with his boot on somebody's back and I guarantee you it's Chuck Norris um yep Zachman Space Drive Planetoid and Stuff It the Claw Machine okay yes yep. Very um, good. Good Bo- catches. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Bobby isn't wrong, but he's also 13, and he'll forget it in a week. Like, because when, when I saw this one pop up, I'm like, oh, God, this is the one where he's, like, a child about everything. And it's like, no, he is legit. He is legitimate in his upset. Like, they said 9. It's 1030. Like, this is probably the first time this has ever happened. Like... You know how okay. Prom Tank and Peggy both, you know, you're not 15 minutes early, you're late kind of thing. So this oh, is probably yeah. the first time in his life that, like, Hank and Peggy have let Bobby down like this. But he's not wrong, but goddamn, man, I don't know. Um, and then towards the end here, so, like, at the Megalomart, when they're both shopping for toys and shit, like, Hank is buying Bobby the bike, Peggy's got him the cart full of toys... Are we buying that they're this dumb that they can't see? So this is the first time that this has happened to Bobby. But this is also, this probably isn't the first time Bobby has tried to play the other two against each other. Matter of fact, we know it's not. We've seen him do it before in fucking, um, uh, in the doghouse. Which one is that? Hank's Choice. Oh, Hank's Choice. Yes, Hank's Choice. When he, yeah, we, we, we have seen this before. It's not like a mystery to us, but like, I don't know. What, what do you think? Are they this dumb or not? Um... I think they're both just they're they're both rattled. 
at this point. Like, I want to give them the benefit okay. of the doubt here because, they, like you said, they have never done this before. And it is a weird thing that they, they like, let themselves get swept up in the, the romance of everything. Like, I think it really screwed with them that they kind of dropped their guard and are accepting, like, really, in their own mind, they're kind of accepting the fact that Bobby is growing up, that he's an adult, that they can kind of leave him and do his own shit. Um, or at least mm-hmm. they thought they could. And so now they're they're compensating for it and they don't know how to how to compensate for it and well what how, how do they do it the only way that Bobby is telling them to buy me shit mm-hmm. so really I think he he just managed to hit the like perfect storm of there is guilt here because they left me alone they've never done this before they don't know how to respond so I'm going to hit and strike while the iron is hot and see how much shit I can get out of this it's like when he's talking to Joseph and he's like you know, if if a smarter person would have stopped here, but I sent them both to the store with a list. <laughs> yeah, make like, hay while the sun is shining. Cheeky bitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I really, I I think it's it's uh, I don't think they're that stupid. I think it's just a almost a comedy of errors, right? Like it's just this this scenario, the situation is just too perfect. Hmm. So. At least that's how I see it. Okay. I don't want to give them too much shit for this because, yeah, we have kind of seen Bobby do this before where he tries to pit one person against the other. Shit, we saw this in um, uh, Keeping Up with the Joneses even where he's yeah. just like, yeah, Mama, nine months inside. Like, he knows. He knows exactly when to be manipulative. Like, Bobby's a smart fucking kid. Oh, yeah, he's a terrible kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was God, the one where they went to dinner God. and Bobby was watching the scary show? Do you remember that? And he called him. Mm. I can't. I'm sorry. I. Th- this is also three. So this episode is also two other episodes because there's that one where like he's watching something scary on TV and he calls them during the date and he's panicking. But then there's right. also that behind closed doors where, you know, they call out the guy. Oh yeah, you can't even get a hold of your kid like on the cell phone deal. Like this is. Yeah. We've sort of danced around this episode before, but I think this is the better episode. This yeah, well, I mean, for being the f- the finality, like the the apex of them, um, for sure, yeah, that's it's interesting. I hadn't thought about the fact that we've we've already kind of seen this like three times, or two, and times just in the last this. like three seasons too, like very recently, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. like Bobby, Bobby can be manipulative. Like, what are some other instances that you can think of where? Where he's really kind of leaned into, oh, I can take advantage of this situation. Oh, shit, I don't know. He is manipulative. I don't know. Uh, Mice and Little Green Men, Mr. Gribble taught me how to cry. I should have learned it from you, Dad. Like, little things like that. He can be a bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure we'll, as we're going, we will call out more of these as our, like, brains are thinking about them on the back burner. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, those were my notes. I've been talking for a minute. Sorry, buddy. No, you're good. You hit a lot of mine, which is great. Um, Survivor guy. So my first one here, Survivor guy, a.k.a. Bear Grylls. Uh, I'm not going to throw him in retro rage, at least for me, because I think he's still relevant. But that's me. Like I said, I'd rather watch him on TV than most other people. Um, but he is not cool. Canadian. Do you know if the guy you're you're mentioning, the actual Survivor man, is Canadian? Because Bear Grylls is uh... SAS, meaning he's a Brit. 
Yeah, he's he's ex special forces. Um, Les Stroud is a Canadian survival expert, filmmaker, and musician. Okay, yeah, so okay, cool. Then it's it's absolutely him then, and not Bear Girls, which is a shame because there's a there's a pee drinking joke that we were robbed of with Dale that absolutely would have happened if it hadn't oh, been Bear Girls. God, it tastes like Mountain Dew and cigarettes. Ugh. <laughs> oh fuck you, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, why is it Baja Blast color and not Code Red? Something's wrong. You, you hit Propertyopoly <laughs> and Boggle already for me. Uh, my lady was watching this with me. She's sitting there playing uh, playing her Switch next to me and just went, that's a stupid name for a board game, Propertyopoly. <laughs> I just had to laugh. And I went, I'm already writing it down. You're in my brain. Um, Mark, what seems... Or does it not seem dangerous to you to play footsie with somebody that's got size 16 and a half feet? Like, I'd be really afraid that I'd just get just racked right in the balls. <laughs> nah, man, it's a it's a fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, tag, you're it. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I can footsie. wear the pumps tonight, Peggy. <laughs> oh. Um, okay, so my last my last two notes here before we get into pros and cons are questions, Mark. And the first one is it's gonna be a callback, a throwback here. Is Bobby okay. at the same get in, get out that Debbie Grund went to right before she died? No, because why would they go to um pasta garden and not sugarfoots? Mm, it's true. Well, pasta garden's a little bit don't they have a coupon for pasta garden? I mean, they do, but it's... Well, I guess Arlen could have gotten more than one. Could have. I, don't know. I was I, just curious. I know the getting get out, I'm sure that's like a loafing jug where they're everywhere. Like, it's not... There's, there's right. more than one in Arlen. It's not just one. But I, I went, huh. the last time we heard a get in, get out was Debbie Grund. And once again, thank you for using a, an established King of the Hill name. I, I, I appreciate yeah. you, Blake McCormick, because you could have gone something easier it makes them like better. I'm sorry. I really like that. Like, I know it's what, what is this like fan service or something? Right. But at the same time, uh-huh. like, fuck, I like that better. It's, it's, it's kind of like continuity. how it's like how the Simpsons always have the try and save. It's just good. Like, yeah, yes. the continuity throughout and like, it's how you build a world. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, like the one Italian restaurant in Springfield is Luigi's. It's just, that's the only yeah. fucking one. And it's been that way since like the second season. Um, so yeah, I just I thought that was kind of fun. Um, I I didn't notice Sugarfoot's in the background, so I can't imagine it is that same get in get out. But I don't know. If we know that the motel is right next to the Sugarfoot's, then I wouldn't be surprised to see a bunch of hookers and drug dealers right there as well. <laughs> is what it is. It's not a motel. It's the Casa Linda. Hotel Arlen okay. is downtown. Damn it. Okay, tomato tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you uh, prostitutes my, go jacking up your prices? My <laughs> fuck you. My last note here, <laughs> and I swear to God, I've asked this question like three times. I know we, I definitely asked it before when we were talking about okay. our uh, our final meals here. What is your unnecessarily unnecessarily decadent meal consist of? Oh, so you want like unnecessarily decadent? Like yes. Because uh, I know I've medium? talked about a. I, 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 so I've talked about um, grilled PB and Jet J before and like all sorts of shit. But like, I swear to God, we ask this question like once every week almost. Eh, it's all right. But no, unnecessarily it's, um, decadent. 
unnecessarily decadent. Um, prime rib, of course. Um, okay. Seafood lasagna. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like a side there, because I'm assuming, you know, decadent, you're going to get lots of surf and surf and turf. Um, yeah. Something salty, I'm sure. I don't know what. You need a starch or something. And honestly, I'm going to say, like, steak fries, maybe, just because you need that starchy, salty goodness to counteract the richness of the seafood and the meatness of the meat. And then you can, like, dip the fries in the lasagna juice and the steak juice, so that'll be great and gross. Um, and then a fucking uh, molten lava cake. Like, when they were doing, when they showed that thing, it was like, I need a molten fudge cake, god damn it. <laughs> okay. What about okay. you? Uh, so I'm, guys, huge fucking shocker here. It's going to be shit I can't get here in Germany. Um, it is absolutely going to be green chili and cheese smothered over... Uh, like probably a huge fucking steak, like an obnoxious, like 16 ounce filet mignon or something like that. Like the nicest fucking cut of steak you can absolutely imagine, but smothered in fucking green chili and cheese. <laughs> like I want it to be obnoxious. And then I want fucking churros stuffed inside of a fucking apple pie. Gross. Right on. Right on. <laughs> like... Oh, please. All the fried shit. All the good shit. Um, just if the richer, the fucking better you can get. I just, I, I'm, a, I'm, you know me, I'm a sucker for fucking green chili, dude. I was just telling you off, mm -hmm. off mic that like I smuggled a bunch of green, not smuggled, but I, I imported a bunch of green chilies into Germany in, in my last trip home. So. I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I. You know I don't think of you as buffoonish Homer Simpson, but when you said I smuggled them, my mind immediately cut to you in the Apollo spaceship, and you go, hey guys, look what I smuggled aboard, and you open a fucking thing of, like, Rotel chilies, and Buzz Aldrin goes, careful, they're hatch! They're hatch chilies! No! <laughs> don't worry. They'll clog this. the instruments! <laughs> Cue the Blue Danube waltz. da 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 da, -da. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you like eating globs of chili. <laughs> please, please. I carry a straw okay, with me at all times when I'm on the on the space station. It's good. <laughs> Guys, green chili goes on absolutely everything. It goes on fucking breakfast cereal. It goes on eggs. It goes on fucking sandwiches. Like it goes on everything. It fucking goes on everything. Green chili goes. I don't on know the salad. next time you're gonna be here. Better. I don't know the next time you're going to be here, but there's a restaurant that does a uh, Mexican fried steak. So it's like a chicken mm. fried steak, but they smother it in green chili and cheese. And they Holy give you like shit. a half pound of uh, refried beans and rice and a homemade tortilla. And it pairs real Ooh. nicely with the Dos Equis. And it'll run Ooh. you about 10, it'll run you about 12 bucks. That was used to be my like Tuesday lunch when I was at that insurance company. And I would come Ooh. back to that and like. Just the, the lightest bit of buzz. You know that tiny, tiny buzz you get from Mexican oh, beer that just yeah. says, hey, I'm going to help you get through the next hour of work? Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh. I'd get through the next hour of work, and then i go take like a 10-minute shit and come back and then fuck around for the last 20 minutes of my day, and that'd be that. It was great. Oh, Holy next shit. time you're up, buddy. That, that sounds incredible. God damn. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm planning so on walking in, in like, I think I'm planning on walking in May, so we'll be up then. 
It'll be good. You and I can fucking cool. do it up. Jesus. That sounds incredible. Anyway, that was my last note. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I managed to take a little bit of time here. I was afraid because I only had like four or five of them. Um, <laughs> let's get to some pros, man. What do you got for pros? Uh, pro. Just sick. I sent you a picture of the Mexican fried steak because you know I took a picture oh, of it. Oh, fuck you. I love you. Before we get to pros, I want to talk about our B-plot because, yes, this is the greatest oh, B-plot yes. we have had since goddamn Bill Dotrieve presents Disney's Up in three sequences. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, also, fuck you for that picture. And that, Ooh, doesn't that look good, bitch. man? Oh, doesn't yes. that look good? Yeah. Oh. Listeners, you can see a picture of this on Friday. I'll put it up on the Twitter. Please do. It is so goddamn good. Mm. It's so goddamn good, you guys. The rare third picture <laughs> for the episode dropped. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about the B-plot for a second here because this is incredible. So, like, it starts out with the guys just kind of bullshitting about a show that they saw. And the deal yep. goes, now I'm going to emulate this. I'm going to do this. And that that rockets us into our B-plot for the entire episode of Dale trying to emulate this, this survivor man and do his shit. But he doesn't leave Arlen. Like, he doesn't leave his yard. He doesn't leave his yard. Yeah. He like... <laughs> <laughs> oh. And he's also getting so good. He's getting beaten. Like he's getting beaten throughout the run of this because like he loses a lens in his glasses. Like what's he doing? He's yes. He's only stealing from his neighbors. Like no one's assaulted. You know what I mean? Like he's not fighting with Spongy for like newspapers or something. Like (laughs) right. Oh man, I I don't know. I have no idea what what the hardships of living in your own yard for a couple of days would would lead to like oh so could, good outside of like pooping in my backyard i could do it yeah i don't care yeah mm-hmm. like not not now because it's you know negative 20 at night but talk to me in may shit we'll get you a nice tent and a good fucking sleeping bag you'll probably do it now if you needed to <laughs> but it's very clearly not fucking winter there in texas <laughs> So, yeah, no, absolutely. Just break into grudge match. I found an abandoned pickup. I'm going to camp out in it. I unlock it with the key, open the door, get in. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, grudge match is my Ford Ranger pickup that is in various stages of repair, but hasn't run properly in, I'd say, what, eight years now? Yeah, fucking thing. It's been about at least eight years, yes. Hey, somebody left a bucket of fossilized KFC in there, so I think you're okay. <laughs> no, damn it, that was popcorn from the Coheed and Cambria concert. <laughs> oh. How you like the callbacks, listeners? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, B-plot. Anyway, uh, talk to me about your pros, buddy. Uh, Okay, so... First off here is that the Olive Garden, which we have had mentioned by name before, is now officially the Pasta Garden. So Mm -hmm. Blake McCormick decided that Olive Garden doesn't get their fucking pimp this week. They get Pasta Garden. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think the corporate takeover of America is fucking gross and nasty. And anytime we get a chance to stiff it to them, it's better. Um, Dale's... (laughs) Dale's explanation that Arlen is what's known as the devil's epiglottis 
is amazing. <laughs> like that's your throat that flap, is, right? It is. It's the little dingly dangly thing in the back of your your throat. I'm pretty sure. No, uh, that's your no. uvula. <laughs> You're right. The epiglottis it's is the a... little like um. The flap. That, Epiglottis that is a flap of fucking... tissue that sits beneath the tongue at the back of the throat. Its main function is to close over the trachea while you're eating to prevent food from entering your airway. Yes. So yes. it's the devil's epiglottis. Th- that is what just What does that even like... mean, you guys? <sighs> means that, that the fucking devil is eating well in Texas. This is the last time I think I've heard of being a child of divorce as a positive thing on TV. Like, people stopped doing that. People stopped taking advantage of that after a while. <laughs> but, but it was a thing like, oh, cool, now you get double. You get double everything. I want to say, <laughs> didn't they do that with the Millhouse episode of The Simpsons? Oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. Okay. Um, I have a huge, big, bold fucking letters here. Kane Scredeberg. I already brought it up. Thank you for fucking bringing him back. Kane and the Stubborn Stains are fantastic. Um, I will give some props to the wiki here. The, uh, the girl that t- she talks to Bobby right as Peggy and Hank are about to, oh, yeah. to like horn in on shit, but she's like, Hey, maybe we can dance when they play such and such song. Such and such song is a oh, reference yeah. to, to another punk rock band that the drummer or bass player from Green Day was in before Green Day. So oh, it's wow. a it's okay. like layers within layers of shit here. So like they're referencing old Green Day and new Green Day and in a, a band that hasn't showed up in fucking 10 years on this show. Like fucking props to you and props to the fucking wiki for that. Thank you for that. Um, And my last one here is just Bobby's coercion tactics in this episode is a pro to me. Because this kid knows where he can fucking take an advantage and where he can get a win. And until it backfires spectacularly on him, he's doing a pretty damn good job of it. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, God, sorry. You're good, buddy. Got some beer coming up on me. Um, anyway, is your that's, epiglottis that's okay? Is it functioning properly? It It is good. I'm post-COVID, guys. I, I got infected for a second time. I managed to survive. They they didn't microchip me. It's good. Um, no, we're 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 good. We're good. Epiglottis is 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 standard. It's it's solid. Uh, <laughs> Mark, yeah. Did you give me your pros yet, or did I totally just steamroll you into mine? No, I told you to give me mine because I won't shut up. Yeah, these are my pros. Uh, incoming. I am approaching you with romantic intent. Okay. <laughs> I That's use that you... way more often than I should. See, and this is where it gets me. I thought this line happened, I don't know, decade ago. Like, I thought this was like season yes. three Hank, you know? Like, we kind of knew that Hank was a more... it's a Hank. Yes, it is. It's an amazing Hankism, yes. And I am all about it. I'm here for it. He, it's great. Again, Blake McCormick knows his fucking stock and trade. Um, I know, I know we can't laugh at it in 2023, but man, you really love your parents. That is so gay. Fuck you. It's great. I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not in capital letters, but with an exclamation point, Kane Scredderberg. Yes! Um, Blake McCormick respects whatever timeline we're in because Peggy has her convertible, and I appreciate that. Good job, yes, Blake. Yes, I, I noticed that, too. Boy, I like you a lot, Blake McCormick. Boy, boy, you're just the fucking bee's knees, man. 
Um, and then I'm going to cut to the B plot because literally anytime Dale has a segment, it's a favorite moment. So really quick, it breaks down thusly. <laughs> um, stick tent, pine cone snack, grocery bag oh. spear, which might be my favorite moment. <laughs> I thought he was throwing spears at Nancy. I will be honest. I thought he was throwing them with Nancy downrange. I was like, oh my god, Dale. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot he has that is, two. Yes. He's, he, he's dual wielding. He he fucking made... He, yes, he gathered enough flint, <laughs> thatch, and wood to make two spears. I've been playing a lot of Ark lately, and I'm really bad at it. Um, And then finally... Pool shelter, the most important thing you can do in the wild is lighting a fire without matches. Whips out a Zippo lighter. Thankfully, Arlen <laughs> has rich deposits of propane. <laughs> click, click, click. And we see it. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, is it going to catch? What's it going to do? Because I don't remember this at all. And then it yep. cuts to Bill, and there's an explosion. And Bill visibly, like, you can see his skin getting pushed back. Cutting into my final pro, Bill's blast face. Yes, it's yes. Fuck, this is like I'd say this is the top ten B plots of the entire series for man. Like, I'd be hard pressed to Ooh, find one I like there. better other than the Bill, other than Miseducation of Bobby. Like, yeah. oh man, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, but it can't all be good. You got some cons. I do. My first one here, which is something that's kind of, I'll address it, I think, more in my my wrap-up of this episode, but the inciting incident of this episode, I do not like. I think it's very babyish. I think it's, you and I talk a lot about the infantilization of Bobby and the fact mm-hmm. that he is so upset about this. Like, okay, you you chose, like, you chose to stop hanging out with your friends because you got all fucking sad boy when you saw a little kid eating ice cream with his parents. You chose to leave them and not get a ride home with Joseph or with his friend or with any of this other shit. Like, he he brought a lot of this upon himself and then acts like a fucking child for it. And I don't like it because it's mm-hmm. very much child Bobby for me. Um, it it gets it gets a finality at the end of the episode, but the inciting incident of this, of the, the basically the impetus for the whole main A plot here, I don't like. I really don't like. I think there's a different way that you could do it. Um, I agree, yeah. I don't like the setup, but it makes, it's plausible, I guess, though, right? It is, it is plausible. It is plausible for sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Like, how did Bobby get from the mall to the, the try and save? Not the try and save. The come and go, jizz and jizz. God damn it! Quick and go, quick in and out. If, get in, get out. Get, get in, get, get out. out. God damn it! I'm naming like every place in fucking Springfield, but not in Arlen. Um, I maybe Golden I'm missing blow. how he got there. I, I said Golpen Blow. I was like, God damn it! Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so maybe I'm missing that, but like, yeah, you know, you you see him get locked out of the mall and all this, and you know, it's it's like a. The mall closes at 10, so if it's 10.30 when he finally calls Hank and Peggy, then he he had to huff it for, like, 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give or take. Like, okay, it's not the end of the world, but... I don't know. We also have established that uh, Bobby has a cell phone at this point. Like, why Does is he using a payphone? He? Does he, or did that only exist in behind closed doors? Yeah, maybe it, maybe it only existed there, but you know what? 
you gave me you gave me the idea, the capacity that he could have had one. Like, who yeah. knows? So, um, anyway, we're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, you put this as a pro. I put this as a con because it made me visibly fucking cringe when I watched him do it. But eating a pine cone like an apple is the most <laughs> unfortunate fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Holy shit. Ow. Mm-hmm. My throat. <laughs> I've been coughing and hurting for the last two weeks. Like, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, And my last con <laughs> is that Dale should be dead. I'm sorry if yes. you light a fucking propane tank that close to yourself and it it's it's enough to to give Bill visible skin flaps from uh-huh. like thirty feet away. You're dead. You're you're fucking dead, Dale. I'm sorry. <laughs> Natural yeah, pr- propane yeah. deposit be damned. <laughs> <laughs> give me your cons. There's not a lot of cons in this episode, buddy. Really, it's not. Um, cons. Uh, Metallica. Con. Um, <laughs> how could they have left Bobby outside? It was in the low 60s. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I just, I wrote it down. I thought it was funny. Dale talking about it. It can get as low as 60 degrees out here. That's okay. You're, you're, you're precious, Dale. But then, like, Bobby's sitting out on the curb, like, shivering in the wind. It's like, oh, Bobby, you're such a pussy. Um, <laughs> Pamela Adlin sounds really rough this week. I'm sorry. I don't know. He, she's either whiny or screechily grating. And it's like, mm. it's not like, you know, Marge Simpson old voice. Now we're like, you just hear, uh, what's her name? Julie Cav- Kavner uh, talking. And it's like, you're you are tired and I feel bad for you. It's just, she yeah. doesn't sound good this week as Bobby. It's very screechy. It's like she very... was sick this week or something. Yeah. Coming off of something like, I don't know. There's a bit when they're like at the dinner t- or maybe it's because she can't be pissed off 13 year old boy. I don't know, but hello father. It's just, okay. I don't, I don't, maybe it's because <laughs> Bobby's not a malicious child or like, or, or an angry kid. So hearing Bobby be like angry outside of that's my purse. I don't know, but mm. It just, she just doesn't sound good to me. And really, it kind of came back to Bobby Goes Nuts with that, where it's more screamy. I don't know. Anyway. Um, con. Monopoly. Because I fucking suck at it. And my goddamn in-laws cheat at it. And I hate them for it. <laughs> <laughs> Got a favorite moment? Uh, I have two, actually. And you just hit one, actually. <laughs> it's Bobby's delivery of morning, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it's the in- we are both very positive about this, but it. still very opposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the intent behind it. It's not the delivery, but it's the intent behind it of just, oh, good morning, father. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Um, <clears throat> And I'm sure this is not, goddamn. You all right? Sorry. Draws like a pencil? I wish I was smoking some weed right now. Goddamn. Oh. No, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm sure this is no surprise to you, but the entire B story, that's my favorite moment. Like, like you had mentioned okay. earlier, every time Dale is on screen, like this is a good episode. And damn, does the B story not just carry the rest of this? Because this is not a terrible A story. It's not a terrible main plot. It's just right. kind of a forgettable main plot that we've already feels like we've already seen two or three times. And how do you elevate a plot you've already seen two or three times? Well, you make us have a lot of fun in between those times when we aren't <laughs> fucking watching it. Right. 
you fill us with Dr. Dale's 45 caliber pain pills and just call it fucking solid. (laughs) (laughs) So that whole B story is, it's a favorite one. That's like, it's in my top three of their B stories. It's right up there with with Bill Dotrieve and Disney's Up. Like, Jesus. (laughs) And Soft Shells. Kneel before me, Soft Shells. (laughs) So, uh, you got any favorite moments for this? Sorry. You made me think of Soft Shells. I gave you the fucking giggles. I'm sorry. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, I got a couple here. Um, really the B plot, but that seems kind of cheap because we've been loving it so much. Um, Bill's jowl blast face is great, but then also, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, um, sorry. Also, um, when they're sitting at dinner and they're just kind of talking and Hank goes, you think I'm too old to start coaching football? Like I wouldn't need to start out as a coach. I could be, I could be a coordinator. There's something yep. about that that's just so fucking wholesome and sweet, and it really gives me, like, the warm fuzzies in my, like, King of the Hill hole. It, it is. It's it's kind of like seeing the evolution of Hank or where he could go from here, and I love seeing him with that, that fire still there. Like, it, it doesn't show as often as it probably should that this guy still has ambition. Because mm-hmm. he's been stuck at Strickland for so long, and we feel like, okay, cool, this is where he's going to end. Like, this is... This is it. This is his track for the rest of his life. But, like, hearing him have aspirations is very fucking cool. No, I'm right there with you, dude. I love that. Yeah, I just, I think it's cute. It it, it reminds us that Hank is still a person and he grows and changes and, yeah. Um, I guess to that end, Johnny, would you like to break down the rating system for the people? Or do we have anything else to say about uh, Master of Puppets? I don't think we'd have anything else to say, but I'd love to break this down for everybody. So... Our rating system is as followed. At the very bottom, we have a charcoal episode. A charcoal is an F rank, F grade failure of an episode. It leaves soot underneath your boy's very clean fingernails. A charcoal is basically put an episode you're not going to watch again. It's a, it's a failure. It's not a good episode of King of the Hill. You got to step up from that, which is a megalo. And a megalo, you really wish it felt so good, but it doesn't usually feel so good. It's a step up from a charcoal, but it's not much better. <laughs> It's got little tiny kernels of corn in there that are kind of good, like maybe a funny joke here and there sprinkled in there, maybe a maybe a cool guest star that has one good line. But really, it's not a very watchable episode of King of the Hill either. It's not a very good representation. After that, you got a butane, and a butane's a bastard of an episode. It's a bastard of a gas. You love to hate it, you hate to love it. It is watchable TV. Butanes are middle of the road. They're going to be your average episodes of King of the Hill. They're going to show you exactly what Hank Hill and the gang in Arland are all about, but they're not going to be anything to write home about. Butane episodes, there's a lot of them. I give my my fair share of an awful lot of butanes out there. Uh, <laughs> you got to do something really special to give me a Char King, though. Char King is our next step up here. This is kind of our gold standard. These are great episodes of King of the Hill. They've got great stories, great... Uh, great guest stars they, they take a sitcom trope and they flip it on its head if you will if mark and i both agree that an episode's a char king it becomes a char king imperial which are some of the absolute very best episodes of king of the hill that you just need a little bit of context to fully appreciate as a king of the hill aficionado uh these are ones where you kind of need to know the characters a little bit to to enjoy them 
after that, the only only way you can get any better than that is a Blue Flame of Valor. Blue Flame of Valor is our S rank absolute perfect episodes of King of the Hill. These are your great introductory episodes. These are the ones you're going to show to people that have never seen the show before and say, hey, I really want you to watch this show with me. Come and check out a couple of these. See if it's your bag. See if you're willing to get attached to these characters. See if you're willing to love it as much as I am. So, Mark, on a scale of charcoal to blue flame of valor, what do you give Master of Puppets? No, I gave it a butane. It's got a good... It's got a lot of good moments. It feels like a King of the Hill episode. And and again, I go back to that, I am approaching you with romantic intent. Like, <laughs> just that little yeah. bit right there is enough to tell me. Because we, like I said, I thought it came from an earlier episode. And like, if, if the line can stick out to me, like that always bears well in my writing and shit. But yeah, I like it. It's good. It's not great. I hate listening to whiny Bobby whine. Um, I don't like little baby Bobby with his little perimeter of bacon. Whatever. It's okay. Um, Blake McCormick, <laughs> you're cool. You can hang out with us. Uh, you are our buddy. Johnny, what do you think? Uh, so I actually, I gave it a King. Okay. Uh, it's it's kind of rare anymore that I, I rate something higher than you because I've been kind of a grouch lately when this, have, with this yeah. last couple of seasons. But no, this gets a King from me. And part of this is how good the B story is. Because like I said, it this is what distracts you from the fact that we've already seen this A story three times. Mm-hmm. Um, It's fantastic. But that alone doesn't do it. The the attention to detail is really what does this to me. Um, we are no longer pimping for corporations that exist in the real world like Olive Garden. We mm-hmm. are calling back to things like Kane Skredeberg and the Stubborn Stains. And we got enough care in them to make mention of like previous projects that Green Day has done, which I think is really, really cool when you stop and think about it. Um, we've got a decent amount, like, but not an over, over amount. Like I felt like it was a very good portion of B story to A, if you will. Um, the B didn't overtake the A. It was just enough. It was sprinkled in at the right pace at the right, like timbre to just kind of like, cool, we're going to break this up just enough. Um, I, I'm, I have issues with, with some of this show. Like I thought I was going to hate this episode, but Honestly, the end of this really, I think, is what kind of drives home my view, King. It's that Hank and Peggy make an active effort to stop infantilizing Bobby. Mm-hmm. Like our biggest bitch about this and about uh, like my one of my biggest bitches about Bobby as a character is that he is a baby half the time. And they make mm-hmm. it a point to say, cool, if you want to be a baby, we're going to make you a baby. We're going to hang out with you. We're going to do family time. We're going to give you exactly what you want, you big baby. And he goes, okay, no, I'm done with it. I'm a fucking, I'm a teenager. I'm a, I'm adult. I'm a grown up. Like, stop doing this. And they, they go, cool. This was our entire point. We're sorry that we fucked up. At the same time, you're a grown fucking person. We're going to go out and do our date nights. You're going to go up and continue to be a kid. But mm-hmm. we're not going to treat you like the child that you seem to think you are anymore. So to me, this Unfortunately, it's 13 goddamn seasons in, but this should have been a turning point that happened in season six where they go, cool, we're going to treat you like the 13 year old you are. But I felt like it was I felt like it was a good ending for this. Like it was a strong ending for me that they they basically like, yeah, yeah. Like Hank and Peggy definitely get their point across without seeming super cruel. Like they own their mistake. They go, yeah, we did fuck up. We left you. We really shouldn't have done that at the same time. You took advantage of us, and we called you on it. So here you go. <laughs> yep. So good writing, really good writing this week, Blake McCormick. Thank you for that. Yeah, really, 
Really good episode, man. I'm just happy. I don't know. I'm happy. It's a nice <laughs> feeling. No, it's it's a good feeling to have in season 13. Hot damn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess with that in mind, you want to uh, pass it to the next episode, buddy? You know, I think we might score a championship run if we do. Ho, 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 ho. All right, Mark, this is episode 246. Boah! My nose. <laughs> have to do it like Hank Hill. Yeah, you do. Uh, original air date, March 8th, 2009. This is written by Murray and Judah Miller. Mark, where did we last see the Millers? The uh, last time we saw them was Lost in MySpace. We two-tained it. And then before that, Whoa. Lady in Gentrification. Or no, sorry. They did. They also did uh, Behind Closed Doors, You Buking, I Charkinged, and then Lady in Gentrification. Uh, where'd you go? Where'd it go, Johnny? There it is. Uh, you Bukinged, I Charkinged. Uh, we like the Millers, too. We are big yeah. fans of the Millers, you and I. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Like I said, um, I think I mentioned this the last time we saw them. I really am enjoying their work on American Dad recently. Like, yep. I'm seeing a lot of their stuff. I think Judah Miller does one of the voices, and I haven't quite figured out who it is. I could always just, you know, actually IMDB who the fuck he does. Nah, that's no fun. That is so not fun, right? <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway because it is who I am. Um. Wow, he's a weird-looking dude, Mark. Yeah, he is. He's got, like, a weird... He looks like your stepdad. You know what I mean? Like... A little bit, not yeah. Y- not your stepdad, but I mean, like, it looks like your stepdad. Yeah. Um, so I'm only seeing right. his writing credits in American Dad, and they only go to season nine. He's Mertz. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's Mertz. Huh, <laughs> neat. Yeah. That makes me happy. <laughs> He's also in Clone High as, as some fucking person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, uh, episode 246, we have a cast of characters. Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale and Joseph Ribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Fred Muller, Kevin Hallowell, Munton, Munton. Wow, that's fucking German as shit. Sorry. <laughs> Carl Moss, Coach Kleehammer, <laughs> Mr. Portnoy, the Mustangs players, Dr. David Cook, Yvonne, a cameo flashback of Cotton Hill, Stuart Dooley, and Smitty as non-speaking characters. Uh, synopsis, Mark. Hank gets the gang back together for a rematch of his state championship football game and breaks his nose. Um, there's really only... Yeah, he, he Oh, my nose. Oh. <laughs> um... <coughs> This week, we really only have an A story. It's Hank and the guys. I mean, everybody is really yeah. there, but it's this is a Hank-centric story. It's all about his nose and and his inadequacies and his traumas, if you will. Um, you know, all that fun sort of shit. Uh, let's get into some notes, but before we do, I have a retro rage for you. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Mark, who's Bruce Jenner? So I looked into this shit. All right, all right, all right, all right. Because I had a note about this, too. We keep talking about Bruce Jenner. A lot of people keep talking about Bruce Jenner. You go look up Bruce Jenner on his 1972 Wheaties box, fresh off his Olympic win. He's a good-looking cat. But then I got to thinking, why? Why is Bruce Jenner so fucking hot? 
And then I started looking at the most attractive men. And so, like, Bruce Jenner hit his height of popularity when he was on the Wheaties box in 1972, right? No, I am right. not signing into your fucking thing. According to Cosmopolitan, <laughs> these were the sexiest men per year. So I'm going to start here in 19... And just to give you, like, an idea of where we are. So we can kind of cite this in a little bit. 1964 was Sean Connery. Uh, 65 okay. was Christopher Plummer, which... Fucking Captain Von Trapp in Sound of Music, the sexiest man. Yep. 66 okay. was Clint Eastwood. Uh, 67 was Sidney Poitier. Okay. Um, 68 was Paul Newman, not our professor, but cool hand Luke. Yep. 69 was Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> These are not attractive wow. men. Okay, so then, but then when the 70s hit, we kind of get this weird, like, shift and men start being pr- like I'm, I'm sorry men are getting prettier like um and so again this is cosmopolitan this is cosmopolitan.com uh, 1970 a guy named ryan o'neill very very pretty man uh very soft kind okay. eyes richard roundtree a big old bla- um uh, um he's in um a night of the living dead he's a big old black dude you'd know him if you saw him yeah i know richard roundtree yeah yeah he's also a uh, shaft yeah yeah um, and then so, so 1972, the same year as this Wheaties box of madness, the sexiest man alive was Al Pacino. 73 was Roger Moore, okay. another James Bond. And then 74, Robert Redford, which I fucking get Robert Redford is Robert Redford is stunningly good looking. It is. It's yes. really weird. And then in 1975, uh, your buddy and mine, Jack Nicholson. So, so my point in all this is I look at a picture of Bruce Jenner and then I look at a picture of these dudes and he is the prettiest man in the seventies. And I know how terrible everything I just said was, but I have grown up with fucking Bruce Jenner, the fucking Wheaties box star. And I didn't know it until I took a deep dive and compared him to the sexiest men of his age. I'm like, now I get it because he was objectively pretty as a man. Does that make sense? Yeah. 1972 no, Wheaties, like, look at the 1972 Wheaties box, like, dude is hot, it's just, it's uncut, like, he's got better hair than Farrah Fawcett, like, it's weird, yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting to me, so I bring this up as a retro rage, because I don't know if, if you can count it as dead naming a character now, because Bruce Jenner doesn't exist, it's Caitlyn Jenner, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's how she prefers to be referred to as. But, like, is it doing Caitlyn Jenner a disservice that they haven't taken this joke out? Does this need to be, um, oh, what is it, uh, um, Leon Kampowski'd out of, out of existence? Like, is it so problematic that anytime anybody mentions, uh, uh, Bruce Jenner, we have to cut it out and just erase the episode like it never fucking happened? Just like Michael Jackson in The Simpsons. I don't think so. Just, just like Ken it's a Jong weird being a drow elf in an episode about D&D and people going, he's in blackface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No context. Yes. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's just, it's a it's a weird, like, gray area. And I, I'd be very curious to see where Caitlyn Jenner lies on all the jokes that were made about them when they were Bruce Jenner. I also... Well, no, so you know, too, you know what I, you know how I'm going to take this is I'm going to take it the same way that I did when I was a kid and I watched MASH and there was a character, there was a black character named Spearchucker. Is that a thousand percent offensive and not okay? Yeah, it is. But it's all right because I watched it in 1990, whatever the fuck, and I knew better. Like, 
I don't even think it's... Yeah. If you get rid of the thing and everyone gets offended, then that's a problem too, though, because getting rid of a thing means that that thing is stronger than you when you are so fucking afraid of it that you need to get... Like, you need to efface its existence from the entire everything, and that is more wrong because then you build up a mythology about things. It's like Confederate statues. Yeah. Tear down every single fucking Confederate statue, but put it in a museum and put it in a museum of Northern conquest and go, look at this fucking pussy Robert E. Lee. Like, look at this bitch. <laughs> like, and we need to look at this fucking asshole who was cast in iron for so long. And why is he a hero? Oh, you mean he's a real piece of shit and we shouldn't be lionizing him? Interesting. Well, I was only shown that we either need to run screaming from it or over exonerate. I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I'm getting heated. Bloody Marys. No, you're, you're good. You're this good. is 10 minutes. In, we haven't then. started this episode. We are 10 minutes in. Like, we're heated. <laughs> no, we're good. I, I, I figured we'd address Bruce Jenner early just because I knew you and I would eventually get to it. But no, no worries, man. No worries. I, I don't know. Brad and I had a then. super long discussion about like are we allowed to hold Ellen Page accountable for her fucking crimes in the Juno movie? Are we? We should be. It ended one of my relationships okay. in college. <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to, we're going to move on because oh, yeah. we got to move on because otherwise you and I are just going to, we're going to get real weird. Uh, first note I have is Mark. We now have officially, learned what we will we learned a lot this episode about the past of the hills hank specifically but also peggy um we now know that the championship game that arlen was in that they lost was against a team called the mustangs mm -hmm. uh that's a very very standard fucking high school name i'm very sad that like that mascot isn't something cooler like more texas like i don't know the fucking texas oil barons or they're oh, the God. Landry the Longhorns. What do you want? Like, I don't know. <laughs> the, well, they I can't. The they Texas can't be Yellow the armadillos. Roses. They can't be the fucking fighting Irish. They can't be the Cobras. Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> anyway, we know it's Longhorns versus Mustangs. Yes. Um, next note here, and this is going to establish some some continuity in whichever university when I decide this is. Um, Mark, you know, we talk an awful lot about Peggy and her mom and why her mom was in Texas. Yes. We, uh, I think we now have a, a definitive reason why mom was in Texas. Cause her, her mom was dying. Grandmother Platter lived in Texas. At least yeah. she was here when she died. Yeah. Makes Mother the most Platter... sense that she would have been here for a while. Yeah. She was taking care of her. And then when she died, she went back to the ranch in Montana. Yeah. Can we just say that that's canon now? Can you and I just like put a pin in that and just go, cool, this is it. This is our head canon forever. I'd, I've always assumed that that was what it was. She was down in Texas for a time and you don't, people don't stay where they, people don't grow where they're planted anymore. Like this episode shows us how fucking tragic it is to never leave your hometown. Like, yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I, no, oh, I, God, I think yeah. Maddie Platter, you know, living in Texas, caring for her mother, the mother dying at some point and like. Yeah, absolutely. Peggy stayed with Hank. She went back to Montana. Yeah, I think it's totally plausible, yeah. Cool. I also never cool. had a problem with it, though. So, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, My next note here, and you're going to have to help me figure this out, because, God, what? I don't know where. I, I've had a little too much beer today, and okay. I don't remember why I wrote this down, but uh, it says Bobby wants to follow those intrusive thoughts, and he has some intrusive thought. He wants to about, yell like, in the doctor uh, in the uh, plastic surgeon's office, but he, yes, he can't. But he yes. really wants to do it. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. 
That's what it was. And I went, oh, that's kind of funny. You follow those intrusive thoughts, Bobby. That's not nearly as bad as like wanting to jerk your your uh, uh, wheel off of your car off the road. Shit like that. It's just, oh, it's a, a very interesting, fascinating thing to watch is Bobby trying like to do to, that. Um, I like to bitch Mac cereal boxes sometimes just in the grocery store. Like just one, just grab <laughs> one and just whip it as hard as I can up the aisle. If there's no one around, like, yeah, I just do it. Okay. Sometimes it explodes. Said, sometimes, I used to... 90% of the time it just dents. Like, See, I used to take shits in public toilets and not flush them. So that was my intrusiveness. Yeah, you're an animal. You're a fucking monster. Like <laughs> that is an animal. I, I'm I'm a terrible human. My last one. My last note here is we have a new Arlen institution. Mark, it is okay. frilly lilies. They clearly have the best selection of duvets in Arlen. <laughs> Their selection. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got for notes. There's not a lot of notes for this episode here. Uh, what do you got for me? Um, first note. Oh fuck me. They're talking about high school football. <laughs> and so then yeah. I got to thinking how, okay, so, okay, but, but, but at this point, how many times have I bitched because we're too focused on high school, middle school sports? This is a King of the Hill trope. Just this episode feels like a classic yeah. King of the Hill. Like, fine. A little bit, yeah. Fine. Just because I don't like the take doesn't mean it's not a good take. Um, How did they go to, st- so, so, so the Mustangs went to state, like, yes. right? How? If the guy only if they're only putting up points because they got a good kicker, like because they didn't win the other thirteen games just kicking field goals, right? Like I don't I don't know. Doesn't matter. Potentially. Potentially. I mean it all boils down to that one last game and who ended up winning it for them. But I just want to make it noted, Mark, that the all time points leaders in NFL history are all kickers. I believe that, yeah. <laughs> They're all kickers. It's, it's people like fucking Sebastian Janikowski that like had thirty goddamn years with one fucking team and did nothing but kick fucking six field goals every goddamn game. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> no, like it's. I, I mean, it really it boils down to one game, and and I think it's fun that that's that is how they won and that they pointed out to us. Yeah, I don't know. I just kept thinking about. It. I was like, so is that all they did, or just this one time? Um. Yeah, like, just this one game they won by, you know, four field goals. Um, Celery in the mashed potatoes, question mark? What the fuck is that? It's literally a gag set up so the guy can break it and be like, this was your ankle after they're, like, home invading Hank. <laughs> and there's a stock of carrots, celery. Right? No, there's a stock of celery in the mashed potatoes. Like, why? Oh, weird. Yeah, and that's what he breaks. Like, because there's, like, very clearly, like, the spoon in it, and then there's, like, celery and I even thought to myself when she's, like, bringing the potatoes to the table, is that a fucking stalk of celery? And yeah, yeah, it is. And it's just in the... I don't know. Is that a weird... T- Texas listeners, is that a weird Texas thing? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Did you guys just put celery in your shit? <laughs> but just, like, whole stalks in it. And it's like, well, these are vegetables, too. <laughs> um, why is everybody in Pigtown so fucking depressing? Like, okay, I, I get I get it. It's a joke. Like, I don't even know if we could track this team down. And, like, they go up and over one block. And then they go up into the right the <laughs> other side. And they go up into the left the other side. Like, it's, it's probably, like, 20 yeah. minutes of montage until they got to go to Arizona. But, like, I just... So... Why is everything in Arlen so sad? Like, 
Because the one dude is still living with his parents, like, and he wears his jersey regularly. Okay. Um, the other yeah. dude is like, you know, Hank walks up to him, we're looking for your son. It's me, Hank. It's been a bad couple of years. Like, yeah, nobody's doing well here except for the one dude um, who's the, um, not CPA, the other, you know, the, whatever he does. Money man. The financial advisor guy? Thank you. That, yeah, the financial panther. Thank you. Yeah. I just, everybody in Arlen sucks, man. It's depressing as shit. Like, even Hank isn't doing that well. He's an assistant manager at a propane dealership. Like, a town of 100,000 people shouldn't be this depressing, right? I don't know. No, it, um, it shouldn't be. I think this is a good example of, hey, you peaked in high school. And that's the point that they're trying to make is, like, these guys all peaked in high school. They never did anything better. Except the financial planner did great. Like... Yeah, but he also won his game in high school. So that's the point. If he didn't win the game, you're you're predestined to be a loser. Okay, that makes sense. Pretty much. Okay. I mean, that's how they. That's how. That's how serious people take fucking championship games in Texas. I guess. I, I know. I'm the problem. I know. Um, you watch Scrubs. Why is the Todd a character this episode? <laughs> Oh come on, he's got he's got more than just like ripped off uh scrub top. Um, yeah, he's got ripped off scrub top, strong black Italian hair, and he's deeply tan, just like Robert Macchio has the Todd in Scrubs. I'm sorry, he's Oh, I oh, just and he's really a plastic sad we didn't surgeon. see a banana hammock. <laughs> he's consulting I'm just Hank real in sad a banana we didn't see hammock. A banana hammock. <laughs> <He's Yeah. talking. laughs> Could you put pants on? Okay. Um This is my uniform. <laughs> oh god um and finally the nose dream just as a general pro i again mm. man I, again the flashback not flashbacks like the dream sequences the acid trips so key so crucially king of the hill we have come to love them we get one this week go oh, yeah. millers yay how about you buddy notes yeah um let's see i think i went through my notes already but i'm gonna go into my jumping on my pros then if that's cool please um first pro Mark, we get a it's it's a flashback. I don't give a shit. We get cotton, and hot damn, do I love to see cotton? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, even if it's like three seconds worth of him just berating fucking Hank, I love seeing cotton. That makes me so happy. Um, I think it's a pro that the whole team still lives in Ireland, except for the one dude in Phoenix, because I think that's a funny, silly gag. Um. I think it uh it it kind of it doesn't buck the the sitcom trope if you will because yeah the sitcom trope is going to be that everybody lives there but the fact that they do the little they actually like commit to it and do the little map bit where they they go up and down the couple of uh, extra blocks and they show all sorts of people and mm-hmm. all that sort of shit I thought it was kind of funny I think it also it points out a lot about how close knit Arlen football is um a lot of these guys like from the seventies and stuff like that is like they, they all peaked in high school. And so they're going to stick around the people that they were closest with. It's why Hank lives on the same street as his three best friends from high school, because that's when they peak. So hmm. I, I just, I thought that was very interesting. Um, Dale fleeing with the ball. That's fucking hilarious. That will always <laughs> be a pro to me. <laughs> You can't run. Maybe you can't run, Dad, but you can flee. 
And it just, that's incredible, incredible to me. Um, But I have a, wow, I have a rare, I wish they had animated this into physical form into a cell so I can buy moment. Okay. Of Hank with the towel in his mouth. So he's got a busted ass nose. He's got the shit stuffed up his nose. He's got the towel in his mouth and it's right before he gets whacked with the rock. That is the gnarliest, nastiest looking Hank I think I've ever fucking seen. And goddamn, do I want to own that fucking animation cell. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. God damn, is that great. Like, the fear in his eyes as he's about to get whacked with a fucking rock mm-hmm. is so palpable. Like, it is so fucking good right there. Um, I, I just, I love it. I think it's fantastic. I like that they are calling back to characters, some characters we know and some characters we don't, right? So... Yeah. We've got like two or three dudes that we've never seen before, but we've also got Clee Hammer. Uh, I fucking hate Carl Moss, but got Carl Moss. Um, <laughs> you know what? Did I not? Is he not in our fucking thing here? I think he, he is in our thing, and I doubt I did. He's in our fucking cast, and I don't know if I said fucking Carl Moss or not. I thought you were oh, like pleased get... with the performance, so you didn't call it out. I was like, right on. Johnny was about Carl Moss this week. Cool. I'm I am getting sloppy is really what it is, but um no so like but we've got we've got our our classic characters too that we've already seen right so we've got Flea Hammer and Carl Moss and shit like that right um so I I just I like the assembly of everybody we get to see Bill uses his old school name right he uses the the name Billdozer at one point like I definitely hear somebody reference the Billdozer I'm like okay that made me happy. There's there's a lot of like little pros here that I enjoy for it being about the 900th fucking football episode we've watched. But yes. yeah, all in all, I yeah. mean, decent amount of pros I think in this episode. What do you got to say about it? What do you what did you like about this episode, Mark? Um, pro the whole getting the team together montage. I already said that was really good. But then good. rounding good. out with Moss standing there by the bleachers, scolding Dooley for smoking sees Hank <laughs> and hands Dooley back his cigarettes and walks away smiling. That's hilarious. <laughs> Fuck Carl Moss, but man, you gotta, I, I don't know. That's great. Um, pro con, um, Hank's nose face. You already called it out, but then Clee Hammer fixing it uh. on the count of three, <laughs> one whack. It's, Oh my God. Like maybe. Yeah. Oh gross. God. That looks so painful terrible man poor hank um oh there's and it's a little... so good that it's clee hammer too right yeah it's got yeah i've said dozens of noses in my time he'll yeah it's yeah he's it's clee hammer man he's a coach he wow i guess coaches do do a thing okay i'll be damned okay cool um it's a it, so there's a scene there and peggy walks up behind hank and hugs him and goes it's rare to me that you slept longer or you slept in longer than i did i thought you were dead and then it made me realize how much I loved you. I thought that was a genuinely sweet moment. And I also really appreciate the Peggy from behind hug on Hank. I It's not a thing we ever see. Yes. That is a rare animation to see. Uh, that is a rare, like, tableau between those two characters. But I really yeah. like it. It is a genuine moment between them. I I don't know. It just really stuck it's out It's a very to me. human moment. Yes. Very human moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, those were my uh, pros. You got some cons? Uh, oh, I do. Um, <laughs> well, I say that like I've got a fucking shitload. I, do, I really don't. Um, 
Cons, Carl Moss has never once been referenced as part of the championship Arlen team, like the one that went to state. They've never once talked about Carl Moss being a part of this. I think he, he went to Brown. He did better, it's... though. He did better. He went away. He he got out he of did. Pigtown. Yeah, he got his master's. He, he got did. out of Pigtown. He didn't peak. Yeah. I So I'm mad. I'm mad. And I know they brought him in because, hey, it's Carl Moss. We've got a guy who, who can do his voice. We've got He's an easy character to draw. Like, he's been in a lot of episodes, so we don't have to explain who the fuck he is. Like, I'm mad about it. I'm mad that they, they shoehorned him into this team. But at the same time, I guess I'll get over it. But it's it's a con for me. Um, can I second con here? Can, Bill, can I counterpoint? Oh, can I counterpoint your con? Yeah, please do. I've been bitching for thirteen seasons of King of the Hill about how fucking all Carl Moss does is direct funds into athletics, and you go, "Well, yeah, Mark, because it's big in Texas." And while that might be true, maybe it's Carl Moss trying to give these middle school kids like the better chance he didn't get. Maybe maybe Carl Moss is a very benevolent maybe. character, like. And maybe the loss really affected him, and that's why he's such an alcoholic. And, you know, he left town. He went and got further education, found that education could not fill this hole in his heart, and then he returned to his hometown to try and help these kids. I don't know. Don't you try and make me like Carl Moss. That's not going <laughs> to happen. Well, I just red-pilled myself on liking Carl Moss with that little statement, so I don't know. I'd... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, second con here. God damn it, Bill ruins everything yet again. Why can't it be fucking Boomhauer for a change? Why can't Hank just, like, get booted in the face by a fucking pass by Boomhauer and break his nose? Why does it have to be the bulldozer that does it? Like, give me one goddamn time where it's not Bill that's the fucking problem. Like... I love Bill. He's such a pathetic pant load, and I, I get it. Like, I get why it's so easy to pin everything on him, but God damn it. Like, just give the bulldozer a break once in a while. Like, you guys had a perfect example right here where you could have just done something else. But, oh, I, I get frustrated. It's fine. It's good. We're almost to the end where I could rewatch this shit and not have to think about it for another 12 seasons. Mark, my last con. Okay, can we really please be done with football now? Is this really the last fucking football episode of King of the Hill? I like football. I watch football. I was enjoying watching, like, updates on the fucking Broncos game the other day when they lost by a goddamn field goal. I love the fact that, that the uh, the Chiefs lost yesterday. That's fan-fucking-tastic to me. I'm so tired of football. <laughs> Who did they lose to? <laughs> the Chiefs? I don't even yeah. fucking know. I just know they lost. The fucking Raiders. Ooh, that's okay. even better. So oh, that's even ago, better. A couple weeks ago, about a month ago, I was so hurt because Denver beat the Packers. I was upset, remember? Yes. But so then Packers yes. come back and beat Kansas City. They beat the Raiders, and so I was joking like, yeah, transitive property states that if we beat the team that you lost to, <laughs> then we beat you too, fucko. But then, but then Kansas City loses to the Raiders. So like, in my head, like, all the mental mathematics just break it down as like, yep, Packers are the best team in the league this year. <laughs> and they're I not. Love it. But hey, Dude, man, I fucking, fucking Florida, Florida won their game too. I love watching the Dolphins win because they suck so goddamn bad. But man. Hey, they're the best in their division. They've like clinched. Let's see. What is it? What does an X mean on this? They've clinched a playoff berth. Yeah. So they're almost up to the top of the division at this point. Like hot damn. 
I, I think the only the only person that's been eliminated from the AFC West at this point for their division is the the Chargers. <laughs> Even Denver with a fucking seven and eight record still has playoff hopes because Vegas beat fucking Kansas City. <laughs> that's astounding. Anyway, guys, anyway. I like football. Don't get me fucking wrong. I, I enjoy football. I like watching live sports. It's fan fucking tastic. I'm hoping that sometime in February I'll actually get to go and see a, a FC Cologne game, but we'll see. I think they just fucking canned their their uh, manager, so that's that's not going to be fun. Um, <laughs> can I can I anyway. tell you the greatest Christmas present ever? Yes. Uh, Amanda got me a uh, Mitch Marner uh, sweater and tickets to uh, the Avalanche playing the uh, Maple Leafs in uh, February. Oh fuck yeah, yeah up dude. there in Denver, yeah, I'm dude, so your lady hyped. did it right. Yes, she did. It, I feel like such an ass hat because lady... like it makes the puffy jacket I got her look like shit. <laughs> well, she's just better at, at being thoughtful than you are. That's all. That's that's just the that's the main difference here. Yeah, pretty much. No, she's also see, not you guys, broke. I'm. No, well, see, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on a limb here, and just you can feel free to cut this out if you need to. Yeah. You you guys like are very good at being intermittent. Of who is super thoughtful at at one specific fucking like gift giving opportunity, right? Uh, yes. Last Christmas, I do believe, didn't you give her a very nice customized fucking puzzle? That yeah, was very I, like, specific hand to her. Photoshopped a puzzle out of Pokemon cards generations one through yes. I would have done it this year too but like my computer can't support Photoshop anymore it, yes. I got all of uh, gen 4 on the puzzle and then the fucking thing would just started crashing and that's only like 180 Pokemon and like okay, it was supposed to go to like it was going to be like 300 something and it's like anytime I added a new picture to it the program would just like die and I'm like well this isn't happening Oh, fuck. Anyway, so I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you, you're real good. You guys just like, you do a very cool like toss off of you do really good one, like one holiday and then she does it really good the next holiday. It just balls in your court, buddy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'd got nowhere to go but here. It's ours to lose. Just like the Miami Dolphins. You're right. Yes, exactly. Anyway, uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving here. Did I get to your cons already? Have we already like steamrolled past those? Am I too fucking drunk to know what's going on? No, you're good, buddy. You're good. My cons are thus: um, these men broke into Hank's house, and I know for a fact the Texans don't put up with that kind of shit. Whatever, <laughs> Hank, Hank can't no, they shoot. Don't. That's the only explanation. Um, okay, um, con slash pro. It's not your nose that hurts you, Hank. I've been touching it when you sleep. <laughs> I don't like the idea that... I don't like the idea of, like, Amanda poking me in my... You know what I mean? Like, look at his perfect little <laughs> nose and just, like, poking me. You know what I mean? Like, Mark, you act like I've never poked you while you were asleep. I think you know better. Unless you're trying to wake me up. <laughs> you don't touch me when I'm I... awake and looking at you and, like, you're speaking softly and, like, you place a hand on me like a fucking spooky horse. <laughs> you know better than to it's, poke it's me when I sleep. True. <laughs> it's very true. Oh, man. Um, 
um, con, because I'd like go down a weird rabbit hole and I'm still kind of been going down it. Uh, was Bruce Jenner the hottest guy in the seventies? Short answer. Yeah. Kinda until, um, John, until about John Travolta got around, he was the hottest one. It looks like. Okay. Yeah. So bear that as you will. I've looked at too many pictures of sexy seventies dudes. And my only note is eat a sandwich boys. You're all too skinny. Um, con I've had the Miami dolphins theme playing in my head since we started talking about football. (laughs) That is a con. That's a terrible fucking con. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. They drive the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. They're on the ground, they're in the air, they go from goal to goal. And when you're talking Dolphins, you're talking Super Bowl. They're the Miami Dolphins. I don't know why I know that song, John, but it's been in my head. I don't know either. That's great. I I don't know. I didn't even know that teams had fight songs. Still, I'll be honest. Um, Any other notes, cons? Oh, also con. We know that Bobby wants to scream in the doctor's office because we saw him in Hank's unmentionable problem when he blew the horn of Helm Colon Hand. <laughs> Helm Colon Hand? Is that what you just said? Because uh-huh. I really need you to be that, that that to be what you just said. Oh, it is. I think that's what we called it the first time when we watched that episode and laughed about it. Oh, holy shit. I just, again, it man, the Millers are really good at calling back more to time. shit. Yeah, like, it's really good. The Millers are good at calling back to shit. They do good flashbacks. They do good bits. They do good bits that feel like King of the Hill bits, you know? Yeah. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate them. Um, before we talk about ratings, I want to ask you, does this feel like an episode of King of the Hill? Because that's kind of what I'm trying to drive to in this last season here. Like, the last season is nothing but borrowed time, and we bitch about timelines and continuity and shit, but at the end of the day, I think, like, we base our ratings around... Does this feel plausible as a King of the Hill episode? You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, it. I, I, I totally get that. And I'm going to say yes. Yes, it does. This is a King of the Hill episode. This feels very much like one, right? It's got the football element, which is a huge piece of the, the King of the Hill DNA. Um, We're finally getting closure on something that we've been hearing about for 13 fucking seasons. And it's yep. Hank's snapped ankle and his loss of state. He went to state. He didn't win state. We finally get the closure of, hey, Hank is going to quote unquote win state. He gets his moment at the end. I love the comment by uh, the the random ass kicker dude where he's like, why did we do this? We had nothing to gain from it. <laughs> like, that's a fantastic yeah. way to sum up why the fuck we're watching a sitcom. <laughs> like, there's no reason for you to have ever agreed to this. Johnny, like, why did you and I retrospectively rewatch this? <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, okay, this is fantastic. <laughs> we get our moment of, hey, everybody gets to gets to make fun of uh, of what's his face, um, uh, Mr. Portnoy, Portnoy, whatever the fuck the dude's name is, Mr. Financial Advisor, Portnoy, yeah. He gets to feel what it is in in his own way of like, guess what? This is what you get. You, a year ago, you decided you were gonna you were gonna like try and do this all again. And try and do this, like, just to, just to, because you could. Like, no, this is a very King of the Hill episode for me. I, I love the end of it. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know how you felt about it, but it's, I mean, it hits, it hits the football aspect. It hits the, the, it hits the theme of season 13 tying up loose ends aspect. Like I said, we finally get to see the end of Hank's football legacy. I really think this is the last football episode we're going to have to watch. 
I think so, but I mean, I don't know. I guess time will only tell in the next month and a half, huh? That's true. It's very true. <laughs> um, we got weird favorite moments though. Do you got any favorite moments, buddy? I got a couple here. Um, I really like Bill on the field, just losing his shit. And he's like, this is the Bill Dozer's field. Like Bill is back where <laughs> he belongs and like he remembers and like he can smell his own blood again. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, this is where he is at most in tune and harmony with nature and the world. And so he's just there and he is like remembering what it is. And we see it too. Like he's got that awesome three man block. Like, Bill fully oh, remembers God, yeah. his power and training and like, you know, your hands would remember their strength if they grasped their sword. Well, the doe tree would remember his legs if he got to run around <laughs> like a fucking man child and push Dale on the sled. It's great. I fucking love Bill. Like, I, I know it's a con for you. Like, why does Bill got to fuck it up? And that's why, because, because Bill gets to remember because Bill is the other side of this. Like he's the, maybe the worst of the other guys. I don't know. He's not living with his parents. He's not, you know, bearded and weighing 80 pounds. But still, like Bill gets to, Bill gets to remember when it was great, even though he doesn't have it terrible now. And then Bill needs to be punished for his hubris. No, I I love that you just brought that back up because I Bill's line of, my life went really downhill after that game. I don't know where the fuck it's gonna go after this. Yeah. Like no, it's it's very legit. Okay, so I'm, I almost want to retract my fucking like con here that that bill has to be the guy to ruin it because you know what he is the one that's going to gain probably the most out of this the dude is at rock bottom like perpetually he yeah his baseline is rock bottom win <laughs> poor pant load bill yeah guys i love bill i'm drunk enough to admit i fucking love bill <laughs> it's okay you don't need to be drunk you can be sober and say it. it's all right what um... do you keep loving <laughs> bill <laughs> okay <laughs> god damn you sorry <laughs> you're all right. I just fucked you up good uh, i watched i made amanda watch we were watching um because yesterday was christmas so we were watching christmas shows and shit because i can't watch muppets christmas carol again and brad and i have been doing a mini season of christmas movies on show the kids so we were just okay. looking at individual tv episodes so i made her watch unbearable blindness of laying and uh, pretty, pretty Ooh. dresses. And man, Ooh. number one, number one, watching Unbearable Blindness and Pretty, Pretty Dresses against these, I really miss Ugly King of the Hill because I feel like we are lacking in the where they blew their animation budget. And I understand digital is so much easier than hand-drawn. I get it. No shade. Yes. But like, uh, man, I miss that like kind of liney early Mike Judge aesthetic. But number two, man. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, fuck. It's just so... I think I need to go back and rewatch pretty, pretty dresses because like I was losing my shit with like fucking the dinner scene and the Lenore, the iguana pisses on bill and then runs away. <laughs> I was Lenore, Lenore, Peggy, you were there and your teeth fell out. But like, I lost my shit at the line. <laughs> hey there, Bill, you hanging your lights? No, I'm up here to kill myself. Oh, fuck you. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I, I, if I remember correctly, I think I uh, I I if I didn't blue flame that one, it's you definitely blue a char king. No, you for me. you blue flamed it. I think I I think you beat me into char kinging it because it is such a good episode. I'm pulling it up now. Um, 
Where you at? God, Pretty Pretty Dresses is so goddamn good. Guys, go back and listen to Pretty Pretty Dresses. Johnny, go back and watch Pretty Pretty Dresses, man. Like, uh, yeah, Pretty Pretty Dresses, you blue flamed. I gave it a Char King, and I also noted it as a rewatch for me, which I awesome. guess I already rewatched it, so I don't need to do that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, my other my other favorite moment is um, you're a big baby loser. You like that, baby? <laughs> this is kind of fun. Number one, we get the call back to Boggle of you're a loser. You yes. gonna cry, baby? You're a loser. Baby one is big bottle. old dirt bottle. Yep, you get that. But then also you get Hank doing it and then breaking kayfabe and going. <laughs> this is kind of fun. I get why you guys do this every single year. Like, yep. Those are my favorite moments. What do you got? Uh, so I've got, uh, Joseph's line of, you can't run, but you can flee. <laughs> I love Joseph's encouragement because we know that he's the much better jock of the family. Yep. That's fantastic to me. Um, and then we get it, we get the follow-up of da- actually seeing Dale flee like 30 seconds later, just grab a, a ball and literally running like a fucking crazy person down the field. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. That's really good. No, uh, probably my most memorable moment in this episode, and it's a favorite moment because it's memorable, is the guys walking in and him, like, Hank just going, why don't you, why are you guys so happy? Like, you guys won because of your kicker. He kicked, like, three field goals or whatever. And <laughs> right. the guy's just rubbing it in going, this is the leg. This is the leg that did it to you. And, like, rubbing this dude's random-ass fucking leg in their face and him going, smell my feet. And Bill actually fucking smelling his feet. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. So stupid. But it's fantastic to me. Because it's okay. just like, oh, this is this is like next level, high school level bullshit. Where, like, we beat you, you get to smell my feet, bitch. That's what's <laughs> going to happen right now. <laughs> All right. It's Oh, it's fantastic to me. Um, really, I really just want to say their kicker, that character alone is the best character in this episode because every time he opens his mouth, it's fantastic. I love his, why did we agree to this line? Like I already brought it up. Yeah. Like we had nothing to win. We had nothing to gain. <laughs> He's so good. So <laughs> fucking good. Um, but no, that's, that's what I got for this. Um, what do you, what do you want to rate this bad guy? Cause I think we're going to rate into it. Yeah, we're ratings. Um, fuck, John. Uh, this is a Char King. We keep talking about episodes that feel like King of the Hill. This might feel the strongest. This might be the strongest King of the Hill feeling episode that like actually encapsulates like what this show is. Like, okay, so okay, so I'm taking this back to I. I keep going back to like Hank's unmentionable problem, like. Any time that Hank needs to go to a doctor, we called this out years ago. It's a traumatic event. You know, like he goes to yeah. the butt doctor and Bobby's like controlling the joystick and Mr. Hill, uh, stop clenching. Um, we go to the <laughs> fertility doctor and like, yeah, make the sample here. Mr. Hill, what are you doing? Do you need a magazine? Yeah, can you get me a popular mechanics? Mrs. Hill, what exactly did you tell him to do? Hilarious. Great. We love it. Hank going to the doctor is a bad time. Selling the beef colon from the doctor's office. Like, 
all these things. Anytime Hank goes to the doctor, it's a bad thing. Um, what have I bitched about for 13 seasons? That's right. High school athletics, high school, middle school athletics. But now this is here. This is what we're doing. And it's here. And God damn it. It's, it's, it's football. It's Hank getting redemption for his failing that he puts on himself. It's a great callback okay. to Cotton. Just a great Cotton callback. We haven't seen Cotton in episodes. Like, since he died, I don't think we've actually seen Cotton. Yeah. But, like, just that. Just that's great. This is a great episode of King of the Hill. But if you're not watching King of the Hill, if you don't fucking like it, if you haven't done a retrospective rewatch over two years, you're not going to like this one as much, I don't think. But I, I okay. having done these things, having put in the work, having ascended this tower, yeah, I fucking love this episode. It's the Char King. It's great. How about you, buddy? Um, so you you, you have swayed me actually. So my Ooh. original rating for this episode is a butane. Uh, okay. it was it was like this is okay. I'm done with football. I don't need to watch this this like I don't need to watch football and King of the Hill ever again. And I don't think that that's, that statement needs to change, right? Um, it was a negative connotation, but now it's almost a positive connotation. Like, this is it. This is the pinnacle of football episodes for King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to change this from a butane to a Char King. Oh, shit. It needs okay. to be a full Char King so that we can Imperial this. Because you're right. You're absolutely fucking right. There is so much that is done in this episode that is King of the Hill that it needs to be recognized. And they do it so well. The redemption of, hey, we finally get some clarity and some finality on the 13 seasons worth of we went to state, but we didn't fucking win because Hank snapped his fucking ankle. Mm -hmm. Um, We get to see like, yeah, the vanity is fun, but guess what? What's more fun? Watching Hank squirm at the fucking doctors, because what's more fun than watching Hank squirm at the doctors? Making him squirm at a doctor that he's not sure he should be there for, which is exactly what he would be doing if he was at a plastic surgeon. They right. made him go to a plastic surgeon specifically for this. Like, it's not the sports doctor where he gets to laugh and chuckle along with Bobby about everybody that's got tennis elbow. No, this is the plastic surgeon. Like, there is so much that's right with this episode that is written correctly with this episode that follows the formula and appreciates the characters. It ne- I think it really needs to be a Char King. And I, I don't know where I was earlier today when I watched this, but in... In chatting with you about it and kind of getting to enjoy it a little bit, it absolutely needs to be a Char King. And I am I am astounded to see that we have an Imperial in season 13. Uh, hey, this isn't our only one. We just Imperialed Monkey See, Monkey Do last week. We... Oh, man. So as okay. it stands right now, um, season 13, so just on technical rating, with this being our second... Um, Imperial. This is the best season we have had since not season eleven. Let's see here. Season season ten <laughs> was the last time we had two Woo-hoo! Imperials, and they were Hank's bully and the portrait of the artist as a young clown. Wow. Okay. Season thirteen. We knew you and I both knew that like this is coming to coming to fucking end it. And they're ending it good, and they're ending it hard, and they're they're using everything that they they can to to give us our our closure here. And yeah. hot damn, if I maybe maybe you know what maybe this is rose colored glasses. Maybe it's because you and I are getting close to finishing our our epic quest to rewatch all of the King of the Hill. But hot I, damn, dude, if I'm not just what? so impressed with some of this, 
I don't think so. Because you know what? We really didn't like a bill full of dollars. <laughs> like, there's also episodes we really <laughs> do not like this season. It's true. It's true. Okay. Um, what? Square-footed monster was a double buking. Earthy girls are easy was a megalo out of you and a butane out of me. Generally, no, you know what? I'm really not more positive. We're pretty much either on the same page or pretty much together. Um... Straight as an arrow got a buking out of you and a megalotane out of me. So, no, we are very hot and cold okay. this episode. But, shit, to come together twice this in the last two weeks, too, is what gets me is, like, shit, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the problem. Maybe L- Monkey See Lucky Do wasn't a good episode. I don't know, but <laughs> I guess we'll I guess we'll find hey. out, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, guys, it's all in, uh, in, in our perspective here. Our... Our rating of this is not necessarily your rating, but it's fuck. Maybe it's just something where Mark and I are right now. Maybe it's just what we need. I don't know. I'll never forget watching Hank's bullying. We're both like, this is an amazing episode. What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, only oh. one Imperial in season nine. It was Bobby on track. Wow. I know. That's what okay. I'm saying. Well, season thirteen's coming to fucking bat, and it's it's swinging for the fences because it knows it doesn't. It knows it's the Albert fucking Pujols, and it's not going to get another rat bat. It is going to massacre yes, this I in- bird. <laughs> I intentionally mentioned Albert Pujols for you, buddy. I know. Um, <laughs> Mark, I think I think we need to get out of here, but we have that oh so important question to ask before we do. And that is, it, is do you is still it, Did like you King know that Hill? this season is outperforming season seven of King of the Hill? <laughs> Which only got one Imperial in Night and Deity? Oh my god. Oh man. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like looking oh. back through our sh- It's better. It's better than season six, which only got my own private rodeo and joust like a w- holy shit. Season 13 right now is better than most King of the Hill we've watched. Maybe there's something wrong with you and I. But to answer your question that you were going to ask before I so rudely cut you off. Yes, Johnny, I still fucking love this adult animated classic King of the Hill. How about you, buddy? Ooh, I, I love King of the Hill, man. And I am very, very excited to see what what the last half of this season has to show us. If if this is what we've got for the first half, then. Guys, you are swinging, like I said, you're swinging for the fences and you are, you are connecting with some of these pitches and it's fucking working. So um, I'm amazed at Mark, our love of it, Master of Puppets, man. I just shit. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Ugh. Um, I'm going to tell these lovely people where they can find us so that you can tell them where they can find you. Um, guys, you can always reach out to the Dangle Podcast. We are danglepodcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. We're also on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're the Dangle Podcast Group on Facebook. Uh, reach out to us anywhere you want to. We love to talk to you. We love to hear from you. Um, I'm constantly getting dings on my phone because I'm finally connected to the Dangle Podcast Instagram, and hot damn, <laughs> does it get a lot of fucking action. Uh, guys, you can also reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Krautball. That is Kraut as in sauerkraut. Ball is in Swedish meatball. Uh, come and chat at me whenever you want to talk about King of the Hill. I fucking love that stuff. Um, Mark, where can these lovely people find you? Because this is not the only project you do. It is not the only project I do. The other projects I do are the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, a filling in of blind spots in our cinematic ability, what do you call that, uh, repertoire 
uh, catalog. Me and our buddy Brad, Johnny, you're on there sometimes. We have fun over there. We just ran out of Christmas season, and when this one drops... No, this one will... So this week, you can hear uh, me and Brad and Josh live in the Think Hole as we recorded Home Alone, and Mark realizes how he needs to drop about $600 to get better recording equipment, because it's worth that than going through the trouble of two <laughs> USB mics. Um... But you can also hear the joy and happiness and laughter therein as we talk about Home Alone. And starting this month in January, we're doing a John Carpenter mini six-week series. Yay, John Yay. Carpenter. Johnny, I'll send you the schedule. Let me know what you want to be on. Uh, you can also find me at the OG flagship High Hammock Radio podcast, the Two Wizards podcast. Right now, we are we're doing Bigfoot. We're talking uh, about Bigfoot a lot. <laughs> so much Bigfoot. I wrote an 80-page Bigfoot script. Um, I'm adding to it, like, weekly. It's getting annoying. I, it was supposed to be three episodes. Um, now it's into four point, probably 4.6 episodes. But that's where I'm at. Okay. That's what I'm doing. You can also find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. Um, that I don't really update, but hit me up there if you want to. People have in the past, and I appreciate it. Um, I also just want to say, we weren't trying to talk shit about Bruce Jenner or anybody about any community. No, I just When you're the sexiest man in the world, you know, law of conservation is sex. The energy of sex can either be created or destroyed, so what happens to it? We don't know. Either way, um, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Johnny, Merry Boxing Day, um... I know I'll talk to you before the new year, but if I don't, hey, happy new year to you. Happy new year to our listeners. Thank you for being here, buddy. Thank you for being here, everybody. I love all of you so goddamn much. The the love is mutual. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.